turn with me to John's Gospel, would you please? And this morning we're going to fi- I'm finishing a theme that I've been sharing. The theme has been multiply. Uh, looking at the Jesus commission to the church, where he said to the church, go into all the world, Tell the, take the good news, go and into all the world, and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. And uh, I put that together as a series of messages under the theme called Multiply. Jesus had a vision, a multiply vision, of sending people like you and me to be into the world and to go into all the world. And we've been unpacking that over the last few weeks. Uh, So John chapter 20 and um, verse 21. Jesus says these words as he appears to his disciples. Remember the, the, the last words, the, the, the words, these are the words towards his, before he's about to be taken to be with the Father. And he appears to them and he says this in John 20, 21, verse 21, reads like this from the NIV. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. As the Father sent me, I now sending, I send you. As God the Father sent me, said Jesus, I now send you. So my title this morning is The Multiply Method. We're going to look at the method that Jesus shared so that we, because when you read, go into all the world and tell the world and make disciples, teach them. You think, how do you do that? We're going to look at the method. We're going to look at how. We're going to look at how we can fulfill those words that Jesus shared. We're going to look at how we can fulfill the commission. We're going to look at how we can be disciples. We're going to look at this morning, just for a few moments, of what it means to be a Christian, a Christ one, a Christ-like one, to be a follower. And this is something we've shared, I've shared in great detail over the last number of weeks. The multiply vision of Jesus is to, uh, I've been sharing this in a number of messages, is first of all, it's to follow Jesus. Jesus said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Pick up your cross. Do it daily and come after me. Follow me. So to be a Christian is not just someone that goes to church. That's a good thing. It's, and you, forgive me if, if you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. It's not just someone who reads the Bible. That is a good thing. It's not just someone that prays. These are all good things. But a Christian is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's someone who wants to be with Jesus, be like Jesus, have Jesus in their lives, live for Jesus. It's someone that has come before God and has repented of their sin, said, forgive me, God, for living my own way. To live in sin is to live life yourself without God and to follow him and go for him. I've spoken on that in great detail. Secondly, we've looked at that aspect of following Jesus, and then as we follow him, then secondly, to live courageously. Jesus called his disciples to be disciples, followers, to be like him. The early believers were called Christians. I'm a Christian. It means I'm called a Christian because I'm to be a Christ-like one, Christian, a Christ-like one. And as a Christian, I'm to be like Christ, to live for and like Christ. It doesn't make me exactly the same as Jesus. I'm not a God, but I'm Christ to be Christ-like. 
And we looked at this in detail, what it means to live for God. And I say, that I coined the phrase live courageously because the secular society will say, you can't say that, you can't do that, you can't do that out here, you can do that in your home. But to live, we're going to have to be courageous. Like the early church were courageous, they were bold. They said that we're going to live for God. We're going to go for God, we're going to live for him. No matter what it costs. And uh, so Jesus sent the person of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came upon the church, they were filled with a sense of boldness. They knew that they knew that God was alive. He was in them, in us, with us. Powerful. Something very powerful to live for Jesus Christ. Jesus said to live as light. Paul the Apostle in the book of Ephesians, it's a letter that we've looked at in great detail as a church, to live as children of the light. So a Christian is a Christ-like one, someone that follows Jesus and then someone that's prepared to desire to want to begin to live like him and live for him. It won't mean that I'm perfect, I'll make mistakes, but the person of the Holy Spirit is here to help us so that we can begin to live by faith for Jesus Christ and come before God and live for him. And then thirdly, we follow Jesus, live courageously, and we looked at this idea of then in that vision, that multiply vision of going into all the world, is to go tell the world. Jesus says, go into all the world, tell the world that Jesus lives. So this morning, when we gather together, 10% of our time is gathered as Christians, gathered like this. It's in a gathering of people like this together. It might, you might go to someone's home, and we call them life groups, home groups, where we get together at times. But that's about 10% of our time. 90% of our time is in your life, your world, your home, work, your leisure, your family, life, uh, going to sleep. A lot of our time is spent outside of this place. But I'm still a Christian. I'm still a Christ-like one. I don't just become a Christ-like one in this building. Otherwise, it would be a club. If I'm a Christ-like one here, but I'm not a Christ-like one out there, it doesn't add up. And so we're to tell, to go, to tell, and to speak and live for Jesus Christ. So we've been looking at that in detail. So this morning is my final message, the multiply method. The multiply method. Uh, based on John chapter 20, verse 21. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. A man called E.M. Bounds, a Christian writer who's written some uh, excellent books on prayer, he said this, God uses men, not machines. By men, he didn't mean just males, he meant mankind, men and women, human beings, people in other words. But it's a bit of a good quote, men, machines, God uses men, not machines. People. He works through people, not machines, methods, buildings, plans, but through people. And uh, he wrote a number of excellent books on prayer as we come before him. So, you know, um, as a God's plan is basically wrapped up in people. You and me. You and me. We're in it together. We're in it with Jesus Christ. We're in it with God the Father. We're in it with the Holy Spirit. And his plan is wrapped up. This is the amazing news. This is a challenge. This is the good news. This is amazing news. It's also a challenge. Uh, But he doesn't leave us alone. This is why Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. John chapter 14. Because they were worried. What are we going to do now? He said, I'm going to send another helper. person of the Holy Spirit to be with you and in you. And he reminds you of me. And he'll bring me to you and amongst you. And you'll never be afraid. And you'll never be alone. It's amazing. This is an amazing message. But at the end of the day, God's plan is wrapped up in you and in me. And not just when we're like this, but whenever you go from here, whenever I go from here, wherever I am, 
God's plan is wrapped up in me. Christmas time, we wrap our presents. I've, I've heard of some people, I know some people that have already bought all their presents, wrapped them all up, and they're ready to roll already. I don't know if that's you. It's definitely not me. <laughs> some people are really early, aren't they? But you know, we think of Christmas and wrapping, and, uh, but at, and at Christmas we think of Jesus, the Son of God, coming to, God wrapped himself in his Son, in humanity, and came into the world. The gift, for God so loved the world, John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loves the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And God wraps himself up in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the gift to the world. And now Jesus wraps himself up in you and me. I'm not Jesus, I'm not a God, but I'm to be Christ-like. And people see. I heard it said that to children, parents are God with skin on. Someone once said to me, not, not, you know, not to give me too much of a task when I first became a father, you know, over 20-something years ago when our, our first child was born, our first daughter was born, uh, a great Christian friend said to me, you know, Adrian, you'll be like God with skin on. What they meant was, it's your example. It's who you are. You can show love. They'll see Jesus. And it's interesting. We are God's plan. Through his son, now through his church, now through you and me. As the Father sent me, said Jesus, to his friends and disciples, I now send you. Me and you. Me and you. So we can help or hinder the message. We can help or hinder the message. An amazing man called Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was the sort of founding father of modern democratic India today. He um, really led um, a pacifist revolution. Non-violent revolution. He believed in non-violence and uh, a sense of democracy and uh, a life of the people. And he said this had to be done in a non-violent way. Mahatma Gandhi, an amazing man, an interesting man. Mahatma Gandhi said this. He spent 20 years of his life in South Africa before he went to India. Not a lot of people know that. And this is what he said. He came into contact with Christians and Christianity. And there was a time in Mahatma Gandhi's life when he considered Christianity. I don't know whether you knew this, but I, I found this out. It's quite spectacular. He considered Christianity. This is what he had to say about Christ and Christians. He said, he, he, you, you can look this up. He said, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. We can help or hinder. You see, he was brought up 20 years in South Africa at the time when apartheid was at its absolute height. And in the name of God and in Christianity, apartheid was defended as being biblical. Heaven forbid that that could be such a case, because it can't be defended at all. There's neither slave or free, Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter, black or white. All humanity is created by God and loved by God. But isn't it amazing I don't know how the world would have been if Gandhi had met real Christians. I don't know. If only. I don't know. History is history. Hindsight is, a, is another thing. But what an amazing thing did he have to say. I like your Christ. 
He said, I just don't like you, your Christians. He says, they seem to be very unchristlike. We are called. God's plan is people. It's in people. It's wrapped up in you and me. And Jesus said this. Christians are to be Christ-like. That's what it means to be a disciple. To be a disciple is to be a follower of Jesus. A Christian is a Christ-like one. And we've been looking at this in detail over the last few weeks. So what is the multiply method then? The multiply method. I think to find out what is the method, we need to look at the master of the method. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus is our Lord. We say we will make Jesus Lord and master of our lives. God is the master of our, our lives. Humanistic thinking says that we are the captain of our soul. There's a, um, a um, piece of prose called Invictus, which, which talks about that w- there is no God, that humans are the master. We are the captain of our souls. But as a Christian, we believe that God is, our, I believe that God is my creator. He's the master of life, the Lord of life. And I live for him and I want to give my life to live and serve him. And he gives so much more in return. He's so good. And so the multiply method, we need to look at the master of the method. And we'll get a bit of an idea. What is the way? How, how can we live this life? How can we multiply? How can we go into all the world? How can we, how can you and I be that person? How can I be that person that Jesus wants me to be? How do I go into the world? When Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I now send you. How did he, when the Father sent him, what was his method? And we're going to look at that just for a few moments. And then we're going to close and pray together. And as the Father sent me, I send you. You know, Jesus is the master, the Lord of our life. So he's the model for life. And so if you turn with me, just to turn with me just a moment and stay in John, John chapter 1. And we're going to look at a few verses. We're going to look at the method that the Father uses when he sends his son. And then how that, does that method apply to me and you today? John chapter 1 staying in John's gospel. And in John, John chapter 1, verse 14, we read these words. It says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. The word there is Jesus. Jesus is the living word. We have the Bible, which is the word of God. And God speaks out his word in the book of Genesis, let there be life. God reveals through his word, the Bible, all that's in his heart and his thoughts for you and I. And also he revealed it through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the living word. We, by the New Testament refers to Jesus as the living word. The Bible is the written word, and Jesus is the living word. He was with the Father, the very thought and heart of the Father. Therefore, he's referred to as the word. And so we see there that he said he's sent from the Father. That, that you could put Jesus' name in there. It would be quite okay to put his name. Some modern translations put the name Jesus there. Uh, where it says word, they put that Jesus was there. And uh, that would probably be okay to do that. So what we see here is God's method. God's multiply method. And then we're going to look at how that applies to our lives in a moment or two. 
You know, Jesus reveals God the Father to the world. And now the church, that's Christians, you and me, reveal Jesus to the world. Just as Jesus revealed the Father to the world, and he came into the world and was born and lived and taught and was and lived amongst people, now the church reveals Jesus. We are referred to as the body of Christ in the New Testament, and now we reveal Jesus to the world. We, we show Jesus, point people to Jesus, not to us, the church, not to our brand, not to the minister, not to our type of denomination. We don't point anyone to us, but we, we seek to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the church. And now that's our plan and that's our method. What we see here in John chapter 1, verse 14, is an incarnational strategy. God incarnate. The word to incarnate is the word became flesh there. There's a couple of things that we're going to look at. It says the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So we see there that God's method, God's strategy, God's plan is to incarnate himself. He didn't send just an idea. He didn't shower the world with, um, you know, when, when different um, organizations are trying to share propaganda with another group of people, they, they would drop um, leaflets or tracts. God didn't sort of drop just, just, he didn't just drop that idea upon the world, but he actually comes in person in, the, in his son. He comes in the second person of the Trinity, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. The word there, in, in, to incarnate, means to come in flesh. So, um, you know, you and I are called to not just love, but we're called to incarnate love. In other words, to be love. We'll look at that in a moment. So to incarnate is to be, to become. And God came, Jesus is God incarnate. He's not just a good man. He's a great man. He's not just a great prophet, great prophet. But Jesus is God incarnate. It's incredible. And it's mind-blowing. It's spectacular. It's amazing. So we come in point of faith. There's some things I don't quite understand, but in faith I believe. And it's revealed through the word of God, that God came and is incarnate. So God sent his son who became flesh. He was born at Christmas. We're going to start to think about and celebrate the, the coming of God into the world, born the babe in Bethlehem grow as a man to share and walk this earth incarnate. And Jesus is God's son and God sends his son and God comes amongst us. He incarnates, becomes flesh. This is very important because we're going to look at the implications of this in a moment or two. But that's his method. That's his strategy. It says that Jesus, the word, became flesh, incarnate, became, came. And it then goes on to say, and then it said he lived amongst us. Do you notice there, it says there, this is the method, to become, to become, to become flesh. And then it says there that he lived amongst us. In other words, some translations said he tented himself or he dwelt amongst. So what we see here is that God comes flesh and then stays amongst us and lives amongst. He's not just in the temple. You know, if you go to Jerusalem, you, you can go to what they call as the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall is like the sort of foundations of the old Jerusalem temple. And people go there because that's where God's presence was. But today, God is now present in our hearts and in our lives. He's present in our hearts and lives. He's not just 
God is amongst. God is a God who loves to be amongst people. This is amazing. For when I was in India a few years ago and I went with Annette, an amazing message that we were able to share with people that God is amongst you and he wants to touch your life. We touch the untouchables. In India, there's certain people you don't touch. You might be aware of it. Afterwards, you have to wash your hands with um, alcohol or whatever it is. And what have you, they say, because you have to, there's hygiene rules and everything else out there. But uh, we would actually reach out to people. And the most amazing message was to say that Jesus loves you. He's amongst us right now. And we would pray and touch people and reach out to them. And the untouchables were amazed and bowled over by love. See, God is a God who loves to be amongst us. And Jesus went amongst people. If ever you've seen that classic film by Franco Zeffirelli called Jesus of Nazareth. It's released some years ago now. A bit of a classic film. Um, but it tries to bring to life the pages of the New Testament, the story of the life of Jesus. There's some great new stuff coming out now on the life of Jesus. And um, you see Jesus walking amongst people, crowds of people. And God loves to do that. God loves to be amongst us. So it said that God came and then was amongst people. This is very important He's not just in the, in the building. Secular society will say, keep him in the church. Keep him in your home. Keep him in your brain. Keep him in your heart if you want to, but don't you dare let, tell anyone else. Don't you push on anyone else what you believe. That's for yourself. Everything else is secular. I believe that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So I don't believe it's secular. Natural fact, I don't, you don't have a secular job and a work. We're all the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I'll talk about that another day. Um, but there's the idea of Jesus prayed heaven and earth and let them come together. Well, I'll talk about that another time. But, so we see here the method, the multiply method is to come amongst, to be in flesh, to be tented, to be amongst us. And then it says he was full of grace and truth and we beheld, we saw, we tasted, we touched him and we saw that he was full of grace and truth. And the word there, grace, when people saw Jesus and touched him and reached out to him, he was full of grace, mercy, unmerited favor, love. God so loves the world. Jesus was full of love, full of mercy, full of favor, grace, unmerited. You can't earn anything of God. You're not good enough. I'm never good enough. But God is greater and good enough. And he reached out with mercy, merited love and favor. Grace and full of truth. The word truth there literally means whole. So we get a word integer, a whole number, integrity. To have integrity doesn't mean you're goody-goody and you're whiter than snow. It means that you're whole. You, you seek to be who you are. You're, you're, you're true. And if you've got it wrong, you say, I've got it wrong. I need help. I need God. Integrity. And Jesus was full of wholeness, truth. He was holy, completely good. And he lived amongst people. Now, this is very important. Now, when we look at you and I, there's the method. There's the strategy. Incarnational strategy. Now, Jesus said, that's how he came. Now, you might be thinking about this now and thinking, hang on a minute. What's coming now to me? Because Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I now send you. A Christian, you and me. He said, I now send you. And this is where he says, so this is what it means. For you and I, we have an incarnational faith. The same strategy, the same method is to be incarnational. Um, To be like Christ. A Christian is a Christ-like one. 
In other words, when people look at us, as Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but I don't like the Christians because I don't see Christ in them. Wow. Wow. I don't take that negatively. I take that as a, a great opportunity for me to present. I'm not perfect. And I can say to people, I'm not perfect. And I, you know, I have to have people pray for me because I do get it wrong. But I'm seeking to be a Christ one through the power of God's love and forgiveness, faith in him, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's incarnational to be Christ-like. You know, the church in the New Testament is referred to as the body of Christ. You know, when we take the communion, we said the body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ, the bread as it breaks. But also in the New Testament, in the, in the, Paul writes that you, the church, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. The hands. Your hands and my hands, the hands of Christ. Our eyes, the eyes of God. Our heart to be the heart of God, as it were. There's a figurative, metaphorical speech and understanding here. Our feet to be shod with the gospel of peace, to take the good news wherever we go. Our, our, our lives, our mouth to speak, our hearts to heal, our lives to give for God and to display him to the world and reach out to anyone that I come into contact with wherever I am. It's incarnational. It's not consumer. It's not just for in a building. It's not a certain time of the day and only when on a Sunday and when I gather with a group of other people. But I am to be a Christ one wherever I am. And so his strategy is our strategy. His method is the same method as the Father sent me, I now send you. So it's incarnational. The prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 in the Old Testament Jeremiah says these words, and the Lord says to Jeremiah, and he reveals them, a time is coming, says God, when I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Jesus talks about the kingdom of God coming within. Jesus lives. If you're a Christian, you've asked God's forgiveness, repent, and say, I want to live for you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes to live within our hearts and within our lives. To be a Christ one is incarnational. We can talk a good talk, but we have to walk and be. But I will be what I already am. What's in my heart? It's what Jesus said. It's not what's outside of you that offends. It's what's inside your heart that comes out. It's what's in our hearts. It's what's in our hearts. And Jesus is in our hearts. If you're a Christian, a Christ one, by the person and power of the Holy Spirit within our hearts and within our lives. So when we talk about being incarnational, so I'm to love with the love of God. Well, God is perfect and divine and love. I'm to forgive with the forgiveness of God. Just why Jesus said, forgive as you've been forgiven. He didn't say just talk about forgiveness and think about forgiveness, but now you be that forgiveness to somebody else. That is the extraordinary, supernatural measure of love that we are to display in our lives through the person and power of Jesus Christ, through the person and power of the person of the Holy Spirit. To be. That's radical. That's what turned the world upside down. That's what turned the world upside down. And so I am to not just love, but to be love. That's incarnational. Not just to forgive, but to be forgiveness. That's incarnational. I'm not to just talk about holy but I'm to be holy because God is holy. That's incarnational. That's our method. That's our strategy. And that 
is who I am. If you're a Christian, then Jesus comes to live within. We've got to let that be released in our hearts and in our lives. Wherever we are, wherever we are. He says there, be is incarnational. Now we see that Jesus was incarnational. We're to be incarnational. And secondly, therefore, therefore, it says that he lived amongst them. So we are to live amongst and to be amongst. I'm to be who I am in Christ, who I am as a Christian, wherever I am. We, this morning, Richard shared his front line, what we call his, his world, his place of work. He shared his place of work. Whatever your world is, whatever is your front line, Jesus said, go into all the world. Go into all the world. What is your world? Home, family, life, friends, neighborhood, work, mum, dad, family, children, caring, caregiver. What is your world? The people you come into contact with, your leisure time, my leisure, what I do in life. That is my world. That is your world. It says that Jesus was full of grace and truth and was amongst them. And so we too are to incarnate, to be the life and love of Christ wherever we are. Do you know, you do not need to go to Bible college to know that. You do not have to have a degree in theology to understand this. You do not have to be a special Christian. We're all special Christians. God loves us all. You do not have to be a Bible expert. You do not have to be a super saint. You do not have to move in the miracle power of God and raise the dead even. Just to be who God's called you to be. I say just. I say just. That is the calling on all of our lives today. It's amazing because there are tens, hundreds of thousands of Christians. More people go to church than watch the Premier League football. You wouldn't think that by the voice that the Premier League have and the amount of money that there is there. But more people go to church on a Sunday than people watching Premier League football and filling every football stadium. There's hundreds of thousands of people. And if we were to live as Christ ones, wherever we are, we can turn the world upside down. Can you know? Because that's the plan and method of Jesus. Sometimes we forget that. We forget how powerful it is just for you to be who you are. You do not even have to go on a special evangelism course. You do not even have to memorize certain scriptures so you have to tell somebody something. Just be the Christ one that God has called you to be. You will share, you will speak, you will share some scriptures, I'm sure. You will talk about Jesus, we will do. But to be a Christ one, wherever. It says that the incarnated became lived amongst, and then was full of grace and truth. And so you and I are to be full of grace and truth. To love, to be full of grace is to love, to be full of love. Let me read you a story as I conclude, with this we conclude. To be full of grace, to be full of love. A man called Joseph Aldridge has written a book called Lifestyle Evangelism. And in it, he speaks about the transforming power of grace, the transforming power of love. Listen to this. It's a little story, incidental, but really quite powerful. It says, years ago, a stray dog adopted the nine Aldrich children. Obviously mistreated and suffering from malnutrition, the dog's reactions made it clear love was not part of its daily experience. With its tail between its legs, it would slink around, cowering as though it expected to be struck, abused, or driven away. We named the dog Tex and started loving our newest family member as only kids can do. 
We weren't, we weren't psychologists, nor did we know of love's power to change. We just liked animals. We, but love won out, and Tex was transformed into a different dog, eager to join our every antic, quick to trust our leadership in each situation, and overflowing with love that came in the form of licks and enthusiastic nuzzles. Tex literally became a new creature when love became a part of his experience. And then he makes this statement. We too can be transformed by the process, by this process rather, broken by sin and blemished by infinite imperfections we have not been excluded from God's love. Grace, the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but everlasting life. And Jesus was full of grace and truth. And if we, likewise, incarnate, be amongst and love, that love that God has shown us, we release to those around us how challenging that may be through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Holy, honestly, truly, in complete truth, founding our lives on the truth, the word of God. I found my life on the truth and Jesus Christ that sets us free. How will that not change the world around me? How will that not change the world around me? As the Father sends me, I send you. That is the multiply method. Let's pray. God bless you. We're going to pray together. I'm going to Steve, if he just come and we're just going to play a, a song. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. We're going to sing that in a moment or two. For your glory, be lifted high. But before we do, we're going to pray together. And this morning, Father God, we come before you and we say thank you that you are indeed the living God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're alive today. We thank you for your word, Father God, the Bible, written word of God. And we thank you, Father God, for the living word of God, Jesus. And the written word of God now is written, can be written on our hearts through the person and power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in our hearts. And we embrace all that you have for us today, Heavenly Father. And as we pray, we bring you our lives We bring you our lives. We bring you our families. We bring you our homes. We bring you our friendships. We bring you our work. We bring you our joys. We bring you our challenges. We bring you our college and school. We bring you the school playground. We bring you our home, our marriages. We bring you our carers. Maybe we're carers for members of our families. We bring you all the people that we come into contact with. We bring you our leisure time our focus of life, the 90% of our lives that is based outside of this gathering, the church, but I'm still church. And Lord God, this morning, I bring you my life and I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Holy Spirit, that you want to live and reign in me. And we say, Father, this morning, be Lord, be Master. I give you my life. Forgive me. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't prayed this prayer. You want to trust your life and give your life to God, then this morning, if you're that person, then pray this prayer in your heart and life to say to Jesus that I want to live for you. 
Father God, this morning, forgive me for living for myself without you. Lord Jesus, I repent. In other words, I change my mind. I ask forgiveness for living for me. That's sin and not you. I want to live for you. And I ask that you'll forgive me. And through the person and power of the Holy Spirit, come and reign and write your law on my heart. Help me live for you. And fill me with your spirit, I pray. Now this morning, many of us could find ourselves believers. We're Christians. We have come to that point where we've trusted God, repented and put our trust in him. As we come before you this morning, Father, we say, Lord, we need you more today than I did yesterday. I say and acknowledge, Father God, I love you more today than I did yesterday. It's great. Life is new and fresh and can be. For some of us, it's not fresh. We've grown a bit cold. Maybe the challenges have come our way. But what we do is we say, Lord, we love you. We open up our hearts to you. We want to live for you. Wherever that takes me, wherever my life takes me, I want to be able to live for you. So will you empower me by your spirit so that I might be you, live for you, be Christ-like. For the habits that I struggle with, for the thoughts that I keep coming back, for the circumstance that I fall into, that I seem to just trip up again and again, the things I say and I wish I never said, the anger that's uncontrollable, the compulsions that I have, I bring to you this morning, say, Holy Spirit, that you would bring your healing, helping hand and power upon our hearts and upon our lives, we pray. Now would you empower us, Father, to live for you and all the more boldly We're not going to leave it to the starship enterprise to boldly go where no man has gone before. But we want to boldly go and go in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that you would release something fresh in my life and our lives. That I want to live for you, empowered by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we say that you are welcome to flood and flow through us and out amongst us. Let healing flow in this place. Let reconciliation come. Let forgiveness flow. Oh, Father, towards one another and in families and in homes, in the workplace and at school, in the playground. Holy Spirit, would you come and flow and flood. Let miracles be birthed. Let amazing things happen in through our lives. Just as we were praying this morning about the secular society looking to muzzle Christian groups in our nation, we say, Lord, release the church. Release your people. We'd be free to be who you want us to be and make us all the more bolder and give us all the more opportunity to live for you. In Jesus' name and for your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this song as we close this morning. God bless you. Let's lift him high. Lift him high over our lives. Lift him high over our offices, where we work, over our marriages and homes, relationships, studies. Leisure, work, wherever we find ourselves, we lift Jesus high this morning. As the Father sent Jesus, he sent us to. Be lifted high. Be lifted high.